1: Can you hear me back there, Dave? Yep. Can everyone online hear me? So I want to speak this morning about one of the paramitas, or uh, liberative practices, uh, the practice of enthusiasm, or we we could say of sustaining energy. Of course, we know sustainable energy is something that our society is going to need to do uh, to implement uh, rather than fossil fuels for our species to survive but it's also a, an individual personal meditative practice. So this is the fourth of the six, of the six or sometimes ten uh, liberative practices or paramitas, uh, virya paramita. so so I'll name all ten six and ten uh, for those who don't know these Uh, these are paramitas sometimes translated as transcendent practices but they're bodhisattva practices that help to liberate beings paramita means literally to uh, carry beings across to the shore of liberation from samsara from the world of suffering so uh, they are uh, generosity, dana paramita, and then shila or, uh, paramita or ethical conduct, then shanti paramita, patience or tolerance, very important, and then the one I'm going to focus on today, virya paramita, uh, sometimes translated as uh, effort or energy, but also enthusiasm you know talk more about it. Then there's Samadhi, Paramita or meditation, and Paramita, the, the practice of wisdom or insight. So there won't be a test. I'm just naming these for uh, to, for context. Because they're all interrelated. And they all support each other. There's some, so sometimes those six are presented uh, often in Zen as one uh, set of practices, but they're also uh, in other uh, Buddhist traditions: uh, upaya, which is skillful means, uh, beneficial means; uh, uh, Pranidhana, which is vow or commitment; uh, bhava, which is practice, which is strength or powers or use use of your abilities, and then Jnana paramita, knowledge. So knowledge is different from wisdom or prajna or insight knowledge is all the things we know about the world and ourselves and how we use them beneficially. So, um, but again, I'm focusing today on the practice of energy or enthusiasm. The uh, Sanskrit word virya relates etymologically to vitality. How do we find our energy or enthusiasm, uh, how do we find a way of making effort? How do we sustain our energy or enthusiasm for the practice of awakening? Our uh, bodhisattva practice, our meditative practice. So, uh, this is difficult sometimes. It's sometimes we uh so some of you at uh, least one of you I know is, is had doing this kind of meditation for the first time today here um, But um, and, and sometimes when we first start meditation it's, it's, uh, we feel very good it's dramatic and we can see how it's beneficial for ourselves and others but also how we um, actually uh, develop energy Joy, enthusiasm in this practice, well, we find some inner calm and joy. But also, uh, at times, we can uh, it can become uh, boring. <laughs> we can, uh, you know, f- we, sometimes in our practice, over periods of times, it becomes like a plateau, and it's difficult to sustain. So. I want to encourage us to think about enthusiasms. And not just in our meditation, but in our life. How do we find, uh, how do we support our own personal enthusiasms? That that which brings us energy, that which brings us interest and vitality. And uh, use them to support Uh, not just our formal practice of meditation, but our practice of kindness and awareness in the world. And thereby also our um, responsiveness to the difficulties of our own life, friends and family, neighbors, and all the difficulties of our troubled world. So all of us have various things which activities or interests or uh, ways in which we find some enthusiasm for our situation or for our life. Um, people are become enthusiasts of music, or film or art or crafts, or engaging with nature, or walking or running, Um, for a study. Uh, Anybody else have some enthusiasm that they... uh, Well, please call out if you have something else that that is an enthusiasm for you. Yoga. Yoga, good. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Chinese. Chinese. Chinese food or Chinese language? Language. (laughs) Anybody else? Yeah, so there are lots of things which we can find as enthusiasms, cooking, gardening, uh, relationships, parenting, uh, caring for others. Uh, We have a number of chaplains in our sample who find enthusiasm for helping others uh, in terrible situations and being helped by them. So uh, these enthusiasms can be very helpful in supporting our vitality and our practice of awareness. And again, all of these different uh, transcendent practices, liberative practices, support each other. So again, these enthusiasms ha- have to be, uh, should not be harmful, our practice of ethical conduct, the second one. Means that we we uh, try to live in a way that's helpful, and we certainly try to avoid activities or interests I would say that are harmful that hurt others. So I I want to tell a story about my teacher, Tension Rep Anderson one of the senior teachers at San Francisco Zen Center. And there's a a, a bunch of background I have to give first. So uh, I have a a well-known Zen teacher friend who thinks that sports and following sports is really a frivolous waste of time and doesn't understand why anybody does that. (laughs) Some of you may feel that way. Um, But for myself, I, um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and followed the Pirates and uh, later the Steelers uh, baseball and football teams for those who don't know and uh, actually ended up later working for the Pirates and, and Steelers and uh, early on met great great bodhisattva Roberto Clemente who was a Pirates outfitter uh, later for a few decades I uh, lived in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, where there's the Giants, who I followed at the Van oakland days, and um, wonderful San Francisco Forty Nine er team that was often in the Super Bowl with quarterbacks Joe Montana and um, Steve Young, later. Uh, and in the Bay Area, people could follow, you know, teams from either either side. But um, before I'm relocated to. Chicago in 2007. For several years, I would come here and visit and give teachings to uh, what became Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. And when I was visiting, I I would stay in the homes of some of our Sangha members, Hogetsu and Kathy, who's here. Uh, uh, So I, I came to understand that in Chicago, you're either a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan. That's what I. What I understand is you can't be both. Although we have both Cubs and White Sox fans in our songa, uh, but anyway, one at one time when I was staying at Kathy's, the White Sox were in the World Series, and we watched it, and they won the World Series. What year was that? Two thousand five. Two thousand five, right? <laughs> uh, so that was exciting. But then I found out that you know for Cubs fans, well, okay, it's great. But anyway. Okay, I want to come back to uh, the story I, uh, I wanted to tell about my teacher, Rev Anderson. Uh, when I was uh, around, living in and around San Francisco's Zen Center City Center, uh, this would be, I guess, early 80s. Um, uh, I don't know if any of you have been to the San Francisco's Zen Center City Center on Pay Street. There's a room on the first floor that's now kind of an arts room, I think been there in a while, but back then there was a TV, and, and people will, would watch television at, at you know times that didn't conflict with the schedule, and uh, one time we were watching the Super Bowl, and I don't remember if that was when um, uh, the 49ers, there might have been the time when the Oakland Raiders were playing, but anyway, uh, there were a bunch of uh, guys, maybe there were some I don't know, who were in this room watching the Super Bowl. And my teacher, uh, Reb Anderson, was there. And uh, people become very enthusiastic about rooting for their team. Uh, But then this, uh, so, but then halftime came, and the second half, Reb totally enthusiastically rooted for the other team. I was very impressed. (laughs) that uh, I mean he was the only one, but uh, that contributed to my wanting to become a Zen priest, so we can have enthusiasms uh, and and care about you know things, but that doesn't mean we have to oppose somebody else who's, who has a different perspective so uh, how do we uh, have enthusiasms uh, that um, don't divide us from people who have other enthusiasms. How do we... So, again, this is about how do we support energy, vitality, caring. So, as I said, this, this uh, intersects with the second transcendent practice or liberative practice of ethical conduct. Shila, so uh, we don't, you know, we try not to engage in enthusiasms that will be hurtful to some people or hurtful to the world. But also, the practice of sustaining energy, the practice of uh, virya paramita, the practice of enthusiasm relates very closely to the fifth paramita, meditation. It also relates very much to the uh, third, which is patience, very important tolerance. Uh, having So to sustain our energy, we need to uh, have active patience. We need to be willing to, uh, as we do in our formal meditation practice, just sit patiently, to tolerate uh, discomforts, whether it's physical in our legs or back, or whether it's uh, uh, distractions from uh, emotional impatiences. Uh, so pa- patience is very important, but in terms of the practice of energy or enthusiasm, uh, this is uh, very mu- very relevant to our practice of zazen. So this Sazen we're doing, this, uh, this, our tradition of meditation, uh, Dogen, the founder of this tradition in Japan in the 13th century, says in one of his important writings, basic writings that this Sazen is not about learning meditation. So the fifth liberative practice is meditation. But there are all kinds of traditional Buddhist meditative systems. Uh, meditative uh, uh, orientations, uh, meditation objects. Particularly, there are libraries full of different kinds of meditation instructions. But this also, Dogen says, is not learning meditation, it's just sitting without trying to reach some particular goal, but just being aware, being awake, paying attention as we sit, as thoughts and feelings arise and go away and then come up again, as our physical sensations in our body or the sensation of hearing the stream of traffic here at Ebenezer, which. Sometimes to me it's like the stream of the, uh, at Tassahara where I lived for a few years, there's a creek right next to the meditation hall. Uh, so we can be open to hearing the stream of traffic. Sometimes there are sirens or uh, very uh, particular sounds. But at any rate, um, this practice of just sitting is not a meditation technique, and it doesn't have a particular object, but also it's wide open. And part of this zazen is to learn how to, or in zazen, to sustain our energy, to sustain our enthusiasm. Response and and then to respond to the situation in our world as, from learning about sustaining our sitting practice. So during zazen, one of the things that happens is we are we can be uh, uh, monitoring our energy. We don't have to focus on it necessarily, but. Um, You know, sometimes our mind is very busy and we can get distracted by that. Sometimes we may feel very low energy or even sleepy. So to pay attention to everything that's happening as we're sitting means also paying attention to our energy and finding balance of energy between uh, effort, energy and ease. Togin also says that this is the Dharma gate of opposing bliss. How do we find the balance? How do we monitor our energy and find a balance in our energy? So there are particular things we can do or be aware of. So as we're sitting in Zazen, we sit generally with eyes open but sometimes, if we if our mind is very busy and distracted, I mean that's okay. But we might want to uh, settle more, so we can bring our energy down into our hara, into our noddren, or we can. And one way to, or we can bring our energy up when we're feeling sleepy. We can feel that in our energy body, and one way to do that is through our eyes. So we say to sit with eyes open during zaza, to be aware of the field of vision, like the field of the sounds or the thoughts. When you're feeling sluggish or sleepy, you can raise your energy and you can, instead of looking down at a 45 degree angle, you can look straight ahead at the wall for a little while bring your energy up, or if you're uh, uh, caught up in thoughts and feelings and sort of agitated, uh, we usually say to sit with our eyes open looking down at a 45 degree angle, but you can look even lower, and if you need to, if it feels appropriate, you can even rest your eyelids for a couple seconds or a few minutes to bring the energy down. So part of being aware during Zazen is about this sustaining our energy which is related related to sustaining our enthusiasm sustaining our attention and vitality as we sit so so just to pay attention to this. And it's not that there's one right, perfect balance of our energy, because we're alive, and the energy is alive. But how do we sustain that? How do we, uh, and also with our breathing, sometimes uh, taking a deep breath can settle. Or just paying attention to the quality of our breathing can find, help us find the balance So in Taoism they talk about Wu Wei, effortless effort. So this isn't some technique. This is just about finding our meditative energy body in Zza. this is the model again for how we respond to the situations of the world in our own life and in the difficulties as we engage the difficulties of our world. How do we find the balance between some effort, some intensity of sustaining energy, and also being completely relaxed? One of our chants says, let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. So sitting upright like this, we're actually learning how to relax completely. It may not feel like that, especially when we're doing longer sittings for a day or several days. Uh, there can be physical and emotional pain, but how do we find the balance where we can make effortless effort, where we don't have to think about or work at how do we find our energy? It's there, and it's also relaxed. But it's alive, it's vital. Again, virya is related to vitality, liveliness. So this is not some special method or technique or something. This is just being aware of this body-mind as we're sitting and taking care of it. settling when we feel uh, distracted, or, and it's okay if we feel distracted, because lots of feelings will go away, more may come, but uh, just breathing into it, and lifting our energy, raising our energy, when uh, we feel sleepy, tired. So one reality that we are facing now is that I think our energy and our enthusiasm has been hampered by this pandemic for the last couple of years, which uh, in some ways we're getting over, although now they say COVID is not going to go away. And here we're still wearing masks. The speaker doesn't wear a mask, but, uh, you know, we take care of each other. But uh, it's been difficult uh, being quarantined at various times or staying home. I think many, many in our Sangha are getting out much more now. And that's great, but also we have to be careful. But, you know, it's um, now almost two and a half years. And it's been a strange time. And of course, our sangha is very much affected by this because some of you remember when we had a, a temple that we rented at on Irving Park, a storefront temple, it was wonderful, lovely. Lots of you know, the kitchen and uh, the practice interview rooms and the library and the meeting room, anyway. And uh, sitting here at Ebenezer Church is wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to sit together, but it, it's limited. We're still looking for a place to, to find a new long-term temple. But uh, all of us, each of us individually, and as a solo, we've been um, hampered. We've, been, uh, we've had our energy sometimes depleted by this situation of the pandemic. So this is a very important question. How do we now regain our vitality, sustain our enthusiasm for practice, for the practice of being upright, paying attention, being aware of our energy, allowing Thoughts, feelings, sensations to arise and go away, and still continuing to sit upright like Buddha in the middle of it all. So we, um, you know, we're trying here at Ebenezer to use the forms that we were using at our temple in Irving Park, but it's a different situation, and we're still working that out and thanks to the Dohans and to our, you know, Jerry for working on this and our other practice leaders but I think, you know it's, it's uh, worthwhile to recognize that our energy has in some ways been uh, injured so sustaining energy is a question Again, like I was saying, in terms of informal meditation, to, to question where our energy is. How do we vitalize our energy and enthusiasm? How do we notice when we're feeling we're losing energy? How do we notice when we're getting overexcited? It's not that, that, that those things are bad, it's just, it's just that we notice them and we find balance. So as zazen practice is about physical balance. We sit upright. Sometimes you can swing left and right and find center and safety forwards and backwards at the beginning of Zaza. What is center? What is balance? And maybe we never find perfect balance. Suzuki Roshi, our founder of California said that we are always losing our balance against the background of perfect balance. So in our Zazen, as we find calm and settledness, we glimpse this possibility of balance, of wu wei, of steady, relaxed energy and enthusiasm. And it's not about, you know, judging, oh, I'm off balance or whatever. It's just uh, returning, returning to balance, returning to center, returning to breath and awareness. So in addition to paying attention to where our energy is in our body during sasen, to pay attention to our breathing. And it's not that there's one right way to be breathing. I mean, there are breathing techniques to help meditation objects, breathing as meditation objects, which are helpful at times. But uh, just to notice, oh, my breathing is shallow or my breathing is slow or whatever. And this is all about uh, finding vitality, finding energy. So we each do this and we're doing this as a Sangha. It's a challenge, it's a question. So part of the practice of sustaining energy is questioning. Wondering. Not just settling into, oh, everything's fine, but is it? How how, how are we? How are we? How do we find vitality, enthusiasm, energy? So as I was saying before, to notice and pay attention and to enjoy the enthusiasms you have in your life already, in your everyday life. Zazen so is also about creativity. So your creative uh, activities in your everyday life, running or walking or gardening or cooking or music, um, those are supported by Zazen, and vice versa. Your enthusiasms can support your Zazen. Again, enthusiasms that are not harmful to anyone. So we need to check our energy. We need to uh, wonder and question how to be reborn, as it were. in each moment, in each day or week or month, how, and as a Sangha, again and again, how can we be reborn? So this is challenge. This is question. My favorite a Dharma poet once said, one not busy being born is busy dying. So how do we not fade away? How do we sustain our energy? Again, this is something our whole society needs to do, and we do have sustainable energy systems, solar and, and so forth, instead of the uh, fossil fuel energy systems that, uh, that are killing us anyway. Uh, but how do we check our energy? So, another part of this, amid all the changes, the shifts in our balance, the shifts in our energy and enthusiasm. Sustaining enthusiasm means also uh, checking intention. How do we return to what's the practice of intention? What do we care about? What's most important to us? How do we uh, express kindness and caring? And sharing in our life and in our world. How do we not let our enthusiasms uh, hurt others? Again, sometimes we need to take sides. But uh, as I mentioned, when my teacher read "Switch Sides at the Half," <laughs> it was uh, it was very impressive to me. Maybe that's when I decided to be a Zen priest. Anyway. Um, so what do you care about? That's another part of the question of uh, enthusiasms and sustaining energy. What are, the, what, are the, what are the... What is important to you? How do you want to take care of the world and of yourself and of your friends and family and our sangha? So maybe that's enough... Uh, for what I wanted to talk about, again, this practice of sustaining energy, of enthusiasm, of caring, of bringing our life to life, of vitality, is one of the liberative practices for bodhisattvas. So, uh, I'm interested in hearing your comments, questions, Responses. So if you're here, I can see you and you can raise your hand. And David Ray, would you please let us know if there's anybody on our our online Sonda comments? Hi, Kathy. No, thank you for the talk I, and thank you for hosting me when I was <laughs> before I moved to Chicago you're very welcome uh,
0: that was important I'm about to me but I didn't make the transition to the whole thing um, your talk about energy is very important to me and it's what initially drew me into the Eastern practices and uh, all uh, in that I began to do Tai Chi when I
2: was in graduate school. Some time can you hear her online? Can everyone hear online? It's, it's half and half.
1: Yeah, so Maybe people need to speak up whether you're here or on, online and so we can all hear. If you'd
2: like to come over to the to the Zoom screen, that's good too. Either way.
1: Okay. Either way, Kathy, you can stay there I and mean, talk to the Zoom people, but also loud enough so that Dave can hear it in the back.
0: Tell me if anybody cannot hear. And so what what it made me think about was the fact that um, I got into these practices at a time when I was encountering a lot of stress, and um, my mind was extremely active and a little chaotic. Uh, And Tai Chi was extremely helpful to me. Uh, and it there was much discussion about energy, where it is in your body, how to manage that. And I found it that I would leave a busy day and go to class and the group energy uh, by the end of it, I would be in a totally different place that was uh, much more grounded and able to be in the present moment. Then when I You know, I was drawn to Zen, I think, for the same reason. Um, And I think that the group presence, the practice itself, it brings me into the moment. Whereas when I'm outside practice, my mind is often a bit chaotic. Um, I also find the same thing now with yoga. Um, And I find that when I go to particular teachers who I think are grounded and and, I think have their own meditation practice, I think there is something uh, very grounding about those sessions that um, allow me to be in my own body and for my mind to stop and to be in the present, to focus on my breathing, to focus on what is going on in the immediate part of my experience. Um, I'm bringing this up because I have had that, I know it's beneficial, I know it's helpful, I know it takes me in the right direction. I find that I'm fairly dependent on having a group to do it with. Um, And uh, even, you know, this summer, my yoga teacher is gone for the summer, and I struggle with Um, I know how to do these practices, I I could do a yoga session by myself, but I have an extremely difficult time getting myself to do that. I also have a difficult time getting myself to sit in meditation um, at home. I can do walking meditation, uh, especially in, you know, I choose natural settings that are not too crowded. Uh, That is one way that I can um, kind of quiet my mind and focus on my breathing and come back to the present. Uh, But I just wondered if you would like to speak to that a little bit. Um, And I appreciate the talk. It was very helpful to me, bringing me back to a lot of moves.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, Yeah. you used the word ground, grounding, and that's, uh, that's an important part of this. So I was talking about balance, balancing our energies. Uh, not to reach or find some perfect balance, but just to be aware of how our energy shifts. As Kathy was describing, talking about uh, going out into the after Taichi years so, as ever. Being distracted to pay attention to our energy, not just when we're sitting in meditation, but grounding is very important. I, uh, I think grounding is another word that we might use for balance. Uh, so part of this practice of zazen of sitting is we sit on the ground, we sit you know on the floor, whatever we. Uh, In some ways uh, uh, Buddhism and and Buddhist meditation is uh, an earth practice so we connect to the ground we feel the pressure of our seat on on us and uh, yeah so you mentioned Sangha, very very important there are people who can do this on their own but for most of us, it's really important to have community. So uh, coming to Ebenezer Church here and this this uh, meditation space here has been really helpful and important in uh, helping us towards reviving the energy of our sangha because we can sit together in person. Zoom is wonderful in its own way. It's wonderful for discussion. Uh, but um, we're, we're, we're missing the ground of being present together on the ground there. So they, could, they can complement each other. But yeah, this is, this is a, a question. And a part of what we emphasize in our practice uh, in Soto Zen, to use the name of this the branch of designation of this branch of uh, Buddhism uh, is to emphasize carrying this awareness from our sitting practice and from Sangha practice into our everyday activity. And this is really challenging. This is really a difficult practice. So, uh, I've practiced at at Tassajara Monastery and if you're living in a residential community, it's in some ways lots easier. You're always Supported to uh, come together, be grounded together. So, uh, if this is a, this is a, in a way advanced practice. How do we come to sit together and then feel some settling, feel some calm, feel some openness and spaciousness? That then uh, we don't have to kind of figure out how to carry it out into the world, but to re- remember it. So there are there are kind of practices one can do uh, in the middle of uh, you know a busy day at work or whatever just to stop to pause and take a couple of breaths or several breaths and and reconnect reconnect with breathing as the balancing and grounding of our sitting practice. So uh, how to uh, express. This tradition of Zen it emphasizes expression of this awareness in Zazen, but also in early activity. And, and having Sangha, having communities, very helpful. So thank you all for being here. Other comments, responses, questions? Oh, Brian's hand is up. Bri- who? Brian Taylor. Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi there. Thank you so much for a good talk. Um, sometimes um, there's no enthusiasm for life and we're just going through the motions. Right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about clinical depression here, but sometimes it seems important to accept the low energy as part of being human and maybe even discover some value, which sure. goes against our American idols of becoming our best self and optimism and all that stuff. How do we discern, my question is really, how do we discern when it is time to do something to regain vitality, as you've been talking, and when to temporarily move into the low energy or accept it somehow? Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, So it's true that whatever our energy is, it's not that we have to change it, but pay attention, bring attention and energy to the energy level that we have. To the enthusiasm level that we have. So if you're feeling low energy for a while, and I think for many of us during the pandemic this has been an issue, uh, how do we pay attention to that and see that energy? Not fight it, but see sometimes there's value uh, in that. And it's sometimes maybe you know, I think I think we know, Brian, when we need to re-energize or or resettle. I, we, so, it, uh, how to discern was your question. Uh, I think if we if we keep paying attention, uh, even when we're depressed, which I sometimes think of as deep rest, uh, when we're when we're low energy, paying attention to that will. Uh, Sometimes show us. Oh, how can I uh, bring energy to this and bring higher energy to this? So it's not about having. It's not about right and wrong energy, or good and bad energy. It's about paying attention to what is. And when we do that, we can. Uh, and if we're aware of this as practice of your part of me to finding uh, our enthusiasm, then we naturally will uh, respond. Comments, responses, questions. Deborah's hand is up.
3: Hi, Deborah. Hello. Thank you so much for this important talk about one pyramida, as well as relating it to the others. I really appreciated the inner connection you made today. Um, I just wanted to say, for me, as a person who doesn't who is remote, that Sangha really has become an important um, aspect of feeling. You know, as you called the word having energy or enthusiasm," I think COVID has taken such a toll, and um, not having the ability to kind of talk intimately with each other is is a big price. And I, I was um, going to send in a request that we consider having breakout rooms for those of us on Zoom, and perhaps even in your Zendo, that if a Dharma talk is provided, um, there could be just a moments of conversation. You would be able to do it with all the group there, but those on Zoom maybe could also reflect. Just to create, again, intimacy and honesty and supporting practice. And I I just wanted to make one other comment. There is a a man named Brian Dozer who was a Motown star. They just did an obituary on him that I read. And they asked him about writer's block. And he said, there's no such thing. And he said, you just keep working at it. Because in his era... They had to churn out hits for all these Motown stars. And he would work maybe 48, 72 hours, all of these people together trying to create a hit. And I took that to my practice, which is, you know, there are these lags and this lack of support, you know, a sense of lack of support or a sense of energy, you know, just trying to get on the cushion. Yes. Just trying to accept that there's a block and get on that cushion. I just wanted to make those two
1: comments today. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Deborah. Are you in Pittsburgh, California now?
3: I'm in California.
1: Okay, good. Um, yeah, um, SANGA is very important. And, you know, again, during this COVID time, we've had an active online program. And people have been coming to our online program from all over the country and the world, actually. Um, uh, but yeah it's, it's, uh, it's challenging and, uh, so uh, Deborah, there's one of the things that I've been trying to do is after the talk at Ebenezer for the people who are online we used to do this at Irving Park there'd be tea in the kitchen and we could just chat but for the people online after the talk to hang out to stay on and hang out and, and chat together that's one thing that uh, we can do uh, another thing um, I don't know about breakout rooms maybe we can do that uh, Douglas knows how to do that and Others, but um, I think Kathy's on our Song Support Committee uh, one of our board committees and uh, I don't know if, if you started doing this but we're going to reinstitute uh, this buddy system where two or three people can connect together and, and meet together regularly and it's really important to have connection and to support each other because this is difficult it is difficult to sustain our energy especially in these difficult 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 times
3: i mean yeah, for me the saga jewel is bumping up against each other and um right that is the intangibleness of sangha so i just wanted to support that awareness thank you
1: yeah I think uh, Kathy your committee's going to post something on the website. Yeah Sarah uh, is has it prepared and it's going out very soon into the newsletter. So it'll be in the newsletter and I guess on the w- website and people can sign up and, and, right. and be connected with right. uh, you know a couple of other people too. just uh, so
0: everyone who signs up then will be making connections uh, for you know uh, people to be a team. Um, yes yeah with the idea that it's supportive and that it's a chance the idea that it's a support supportive but it's also a chance to talk about what you're working on talk about your practice right brainstorm
1: yeah yeah so we need so there's lots of ways to support uh, in Sangha to support each other just coming and sitting together is really important without even saying a word but just to be present together it works in a way that's uh, sort of intangible, but it, but uh, many of us recognize it. Uh, but yeah, having having discussion groups is also good. We have a few of those, um, and, uh, and hopefully this buddy system will help. So thank you, Deborah, and I, and, and um, it's great to hear you. And uh, yeah, we need to support each other. Other comments, responses, questions about energy or enthusiasm, and you people too, feel free. Hey, Bo.
2: Hi. Um, I've I've been thinking about this. So, thank you for your talk, because it's apropos. We're starting school again
1: tomorrow. Uh, uh, can Can you hear oh, Bo online? You want to come up? Can people oh, yeah. hear? Yeah. Yes, come on down. Yeah, they they say they can't hear you. Yeah. So, but Bo is. Uh, one of, our, one of our teachers uh, in our song that he teaches, is it fourth grade now, Bill?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I've been thinking about energy because I'm a little afraid that I won't have the energy to sort of sustain through the 180 days of the school year. Um, <laughs> and I was connecting this, actually, to running, too, uh, which you mentioned. I try to run. I kind of hate it. <laughs> um So, but one thing I read recently was this kind of, it's a mindset thing of like obligation versus, um, you know, almost a sense of gratitude that you have the opportunity to do something. So I was thinking about gratitude in relationship to energy. So the obligation to run sort of depletes my energy to go and do it. The sense that I have to do something Uh, Which I'm, you know, I'm just doing to myself. No one's doing that to me. Uh, Causes me to procrastinate to do it. It, Again, it kind of depletes my energy to even step up to do it. Whereas if I think of it as, like, I'm grateful that I have a body to be able to do this in the first place, and why not sort of, while I have (laughs) the time to, not to be, like, too faithful about it, but, like to exercise that energy that is sort of available to me right now and just that kind of subtle switch i'm not saying i like it's made some like dramatic change necessarily but just that subtle sort of mindset shift um really i don't know it, to to think of obligation versus okay here here's just another opportunity to express the gratitude for, you know, the presence and existence that we have kind of available to us right now. So, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's kind of one way I've been thinking about sustaining my energy throughout, like, a school year, for example.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you, both. Sure. Um, yeah, that brings up that um, paying attention to our energy level and enthusiasm is one thing, but it's also, you know, it's it's it, it, can bring enjoyment but it also has to, is something that we have to do so these paramitas these uh, liberative practices we have to actually uh, take them on uh, to take on uh, generosity to take on patience to take on settling in meditation to take on paying attention to our energy and so in some ways they're uh, at some point they can become effortless efforts to get used to it but also there's an effort involved just to pay attention so uh, yeah thank you for that oh. can I
0: make a quick response to go from here sure uh, thank you very much that was helpful to me um, I just began reading a book about the fact that the distractions in our life often prevent us from doing things that are the most meaningful in our lives. So that's the other piece, is that it's one thing to think, okay, just go do yoga, you know, don't think about it, just do it. But for me, it's also fighting this list of 10 things. And if I were to rank them in a sound mind, they would not be the top priority, but they're there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like how to get, you know, trying to get rid of the distractions or at least ranking them and staying focused on a practice. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Kathy. Yes, we have to bring our attention and intention to uh, working at distance in
2: Just for the, I might add, for the people in the room, Ogetsu has, has uh, said in chat that uh, for her uh, Dharma talk uh, on Sunday, the 28th, uh, she plans to offer a breakout session. So we'll have a, a pilot run of that breakout format. Thank you, Ogetsu.